0: Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbaugh. Sometimes in the media, us at NPR included, we'll take a news story and examine it from way on high. You know, like, oh, how will this affect, you know, this institution or this community of people or this bit of legislation? The thing with fiction is that it has the flexibility to be like, no, 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 no. How does this affect this person? The news story that inspires today's novel is a rough one. It's about multiple Oakland police officers sexually abusing a teenage girl. But rather than focus on the cops or the city government, it focuses on the girl. The book is called Night Crawling, and it was written by Layla Motley. And what makes this interview with NPR's Aisha Roscoe is that you can really hear Motley describe, with care and empathy, the ins and outs of her central character's life.
1: This message comes from NPR sponsor BetterHelp.
0: From your car radio to your smart speaker, NPR meets you where you are in a lot of different ways. Now we're in your pocket. Download the NPR app today.
1: High school dropout Kiara Johnson has a lot on her plate. She has rent and bills to pay while caring for her brother and her young neighbor that lives next door. So she turns to something she never expected she would do to make ends meet, night crawling, or in other terms, sex work. Through her work, she sees her city from new perspectives, one that holds the joy, pain, and resilience of its people, despite failing infrastructure and a corrupt police department. Layla Motley is author of *Night Crawling* and joins us now from Oakland,
2: California. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us a little bit
1: more about the main character of this book, Kiara?
2: So Kiara is 17 at the beginning of the novel, and she's a black girl from Oakland, California. She finds herself involved with a network of police officers who sexually abuse her. And the book kind of follows um, her and her family and her attempts to survive and thrive as she is trying to navigate so much with very little protection.
1: You know, I was really um, fascinated by Kiara. In the book, it's interesting because she doesn't have, like, a whole lot of dialogue, right? But she has this very rich internal life. Mm -hmm. Was that because Kiara felt like she didn't really have a voice?
2: Yeah, I think that often the world doesn't expect Black women or Black girls to have such rich interior lives. And I think that the constraints on Black women mean that, that we are expected to serve and to care, but not to speak. And so I wanted to create this really rich internal world for Kiara where she you know, has strong beliefs and yet she doesn't feel as though she um, has permission to share any of that.
1: Speaking of taking care of people, Kiara is taking care of her older brother Marcus, who is trying to become a rapper, a successful rapper. Can you just tell us more about that relationship? Um, because it seems pretty frustrating at mm-hmm.
2: times. Yeah, I wanted to show the ways that like gender dynamics within a family and within like even the conditioning and way we raise girls and boys in the same family um, can shift the dynamic of the sibling relationship. So Marcus, her brother, is given just an entire different way of being able to navigate it. And he is kind of sucked into his own dreams um, because he he's allowed that luxury, um, you know, chasing these rap dreams and leaving his sister to do it all, to fend for both of them.
1: Obviously, society doesn't seem to give Kiara permission to dream, but what do you think Kiara's dream is? What would be her following her dreams?
2: Mm. I think in in many ways, Kiara isn't allowed enough space to even begin to think about desire or dreaming for herself. I think that she wants to be able to break down sometimes, to grieve and to experience moments of joy and delight. And I think like all of us, she just wants the space to be able to even consider what dreaming looks like, you know, because in order to dream, we have to have enough room and enough space to, to think about. What, what we would even want in the first place.
1: This story is, you know, about a Black girl who doesn't have a lot of resources. She's in the city. She's trying to make something of her life. You often see online and in other places the discussion about how certain types of stories about poor Black people are embraced by white people. Was there ever a concern for you in writing this about falling into tropes or things that have been kind of seen in movies Mm -hmm. time and again?
2: For me, I kind of like to lean into tropes and examine, you know, where is the truth and where is the falsehood? And I mean, even with Marcus, like this idea of black rappers, it comes from what, you know, black boys are taught about how the only way to achieve success or, or, you know, get out of a bad situation is to achieve some kind of fame through, you know, athletic success or or music success or, you know, a fame of some sort. And I wanted to examine what that means for a person to to think that they are only valuable because of what they produce. So I think that um, I try to examine them for all of their nuances and give characters a more rich life and more dimensions than I think we often see when we see stories of poverty. This story is inspired by true
1: events involving the Oakland Police Department. In 2017, a court ordered that the police department pay a Black woman almost a million dollars in damages after she claimed that multiple police officers sexually abused her. When you heard of this story, I I do imagine you were very young. What was going through your head? Because you started writing this book when you were 17 yourself?
2: Yeah, I did. I remember paying a lot of attention to this case and like looking at the way the media spoke about this case because there was this disproportionate focus on what does it mean for the relationship between the police department and the community, what does it mean for the, the police officers, and not a lot of focus at all on what does it mean for this young girl, what does it mean for the harm to her and the thousands of other girls and women who experience this kind of thing regularly, and, you know, their stories never make it to, to the media or to a courtroom, and so I started thinking about it and researching other cases of police sexual violence. And then um, Kiara kind of came to me. I wonder for you, when people
1: are reading this book who have not lived the life that Kiara led, how do you expect them to take this? And are you concerned about them being able to understand Kiara?
2: Mm. I think that a lot of what I want to do with with an audience, whether they um, are you know, of the experiences of the people in this book or not, I think is like expanding our common narrative of this world and who we are and and what we owe to each other. And so, I hope that you know the characters in in this book who are often sidelined and forgotten in our in our common narrative become a fabric of of how we think of this country. Layla Motley's debut novel is Night Crawling. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me.
0: This message is brought to you by NPR sponsor Lisa in collaboration with West Elm. Discover the new natural hybrid mattress, expertly crafted from natural latex and certified safe foams, designed with your health and the planet in mind. Visit leesa.com to learn more.
1: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Capella University. With Capella's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.